So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Welcome back to Pause and Connect. This is episode 37, and it's called When It's Hard to Like People, <laughs> and I'll explain what that's about in a moment. Um, first, I wanted to really quick tell you about some products and tools I have that can help you in your parenting. One is a course that's called How to Stop Yelling, and you can get that link at uh, in my show notes, and it's about how to stop yelling at your kids. And it's based on everything that I worked through to figure out how to stop yelling at my kids. And now I don't want to say like, I'd never yell at my kids, but I can't remember the last time I yelled at my kids, which is pretty remarkable because I was a huge yeller before I figured out what I share in this course. Um, and I tried lots and lots of things and, uh, lots of things just made me feel really horrible about myself when I couldn't succeed and couldn't do them. Um, but this, what I share in my course, um, anybody can do and it will change your life. It will dramatically change your life. And that's kind of what this, this episode is about, uh, about when it's hard to like people, because what I, what I share in my course and what I learned when I was trying not to yell at my kids and how I finally figured that out, it applies to all my relationships. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. And finally, the other uh, product that I just really quick wanted to remind you about is my back and forth journal. It's a really great way to connect with your kids when you don't have time to connect with your kids because you can, uh, it gives you a prompt and you can answer the question and then leave it on your kid's uh, pillow. And then they can answer the next question, leave it on your pillow. And it gives you a lot of fun things to talk about and helps you connect in a lot of fun ways. So both links will be in my show notes. So just make sure you check those out if you um, need some help with connection or with stopping yelling. Okay, so this episode 37, when it's hard to like people, <laughs> that title, <laughs> I don't know, I, I struggled to really capture this topic in a few words. Um, and hopefully by the end, it will all make sense. Uh, wh what we're talking about, though, in this episode is how to use the principles of connected parenting, everything I talk about here, to help you with the people you don't like. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to explain that a lot more as we go. But just my own experience, when I began parenting in a more connected way, I also began to feel more connected to other human beings in general. And so I want to talk about how the principles of connected parenting can help us through the times when it's just really hard to like certain people, or when the world feels like it's falling apart. Like, let's take some cues from connected parenting, the things that we're trying so hard to do with our children and to make our relationships better with our children, and let's apply those to our current world challenges. So as I'm writing this, there's, I don't know, it's like every day there's a new horrific, horrific challenge out there in the news and it's occupying our news feeds. Like right now, what people are fighting about is gun violence and the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And that's, that's 
occupying all the news feeds. But the thing is, you could be listening to this episode a week from now, a year from now, and the issues are going to be different. But the thing that's probably the same, or let's hope actually, let's hope a year from now this isn't the same. But the thing that is always the same, whatever the issue, is that these issues are dramatically dividing us online and in person. We're losing friendships over them and and we're hating each other online. We're hating other groups of people without knowing them. And I, I'm really going to try to be careful to talk about this carefully because I don't, I don't want to uh, ever give the impression that oh, there's just so much division and we just need to be nicer to each other. That's not what I'm, I'm going to say here at all. Um, so, so stick with me. I'm, I really am looking for meaningful, realistic solutions to this. Um, and, and there is a lot of awful stuff out there. There's also a lot of really wonderful stuff, uh, but it's, it's easy to fall into a pit of despair over the stuff that is out there, the hatred that is out there. And I, for sure have spent some time in that pit. Um, So on top of however you feel about the issues themselves, there's also that real feeling of despair as it feels like we're just never going to be able to understand each other. We just debate back and forth and we all cling to our sides harder and we don't hear each other and we don't meet in the middle and we don't change our minds. And it's it's just so bad. Um, I'm going to share, here's a little little warning, I'm going to share a a pretty violent thing that I saw online. Um, so if you you don't want to hear that, just skip ahead 30 seconds. Um, what I saw a, a video a couple weeks ago is there were some protesters about one of these issues and a truck just mowed them over in the middle of a city street in the middle of the day. Um, the, like in in front of everyone. And that's that's the image of the division that is happening right now, we hate each other and we don't even see each other as human anymore. That somebody would do that to a group of people they don't know just because that group of people is protesting against something that they don't agree with. They're going to take that action. That is pure hatred. And our hearts need to change. Like all of us need to change our hearts. And again, I I do want to be so careful. I'm not I'm not uh, trying to say like, we just need to get along, you know, like this is so much deeper. So stick with me and I'm going to talk about that more. Um, I also believe policy and laws and protections need to change too. Um, And I'm not an expert on that at all. I don't know how to get those things to change. That's not what this episode is about. Um, This is more about changing hearts. And so that's that's where I'm headed. And I hope you'll stick with me. and I believe that as we change our hearts, then we can follow the people who do know how to change the laws and the policies and the protect the protections, and we can support them and make the changes that we so desperately want to see. Um, but I, I don't really believe that's going to happen if we don't change our hearts. Um, so this, this comes from my changed parenting heart. And, and so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about connected parenting and how it can change your heart and how we can take what we're learning from connected parenting to change our hearts, to make the great changes that we want to make in the world and to heal some divisions. So I hope you'll hear me out as I apply the principles of connected parenting to myself, to yourself. 
Um, I hope that this will inspire you to know how to bring a little bit of peace to your heart and a little bit of peace to your spaces. Um, this, this is one of those where I hope you're listening to your intuition as you're listening to what I'm saying and that you're, you're not, not listening to my words and saying, oh, it should be exactly as she says, or she thinks it should be exactly as she says, but instead you're listening and you're saying this really, um, like this really opens my mind to something personal, like how to resolve a personal issue. So that's, that's what I'm hoping. Like maybe you could prepare your mind a little bit to hear what I'm going to say with your own challenges in mind. And so you don't have to do what I say and <laughs> you don't have to agree with everything I say, but I hope that the principles that I'm talking about are going to like spark an idea for you to heal something in your life, to heal a relationship, to heal a division, to step away from something that's harmful to you, that sort of thing. Um, and I also want to say that everything I'm suggesting in this episode is totally dependent on your level of safety. I'm, I'm asking us to do something hard in this episode to examine our own part in the division. But I recognize that this comes from my perspective where I'm generally safe in most situations. I have mental space to think these things through and to make personal changes and attitude changes in myself. Um, because of, of like just how I was born, right? I'm, I'm a white cisgender, heterosexual, middle-class married woman with access to birth control in the United States. So that's where I'm coming from. I have the ability to make these changes. So hear me out um, because a lot of us do have these abilities, but also be sure to protect yourself if I'm asking something that's impossible in your current state, okay? I, I definitely don't want to to put somebody who is in a place of oppression in a position where they feel like I'm telling them to, to, uh, to be nicer to people or whatever. Um, I, I want you to know that if you're in a place of privilege, like me, please listen and do this personal work that I'm asking us to do. And if you have some things that are, are less than ideal that don't allow you to do this, then then, you know, like, please don't, don't think that I'm telling you to do it. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So let's get into them. There's four things. The first one, and th this is again, all coming from our lessons from connected parenting. So one of the most important parts of connected parenting is empathy. I mean, it's probably the most important part when you make it a priority to have empathy for your child's problems even when those problems don't make sense to you, which is a lot of the time, you learn how to communicate better, your child learns what it feels like to feel safe, and you both find solutions together. Now, one of the easiest examples of this, I'm gonna use this all throughout the episode because if you've been a parent, you've experienced this. It's when your toddler has a meltdown over the wrong color plate or cup, okay? So we're just gonna say the wrong color cup, that's the example we're using here. Um, even if your children are teenagers, you remember this happened to you, right? Your child gets the blue cup, they wanted the yellow cup, and they are furious, okay? So that's ridiculous from a logical perspective. Why does it matter what color they get? Can't they see how busy you are? Don't they know that there are more important things in the world? It's so exhausting to have someone throw a, have a meltdown over this. But the truth is, no they, in that moment, your child can't think of logic. Their emotions are huge for whatever reason, and those emotions get thrown out of their tiny bodies in fury over the wrong color cup. 
Now, if you think your child should maintain composure and use logic, you're not going to have any patience for this meltdown. And we've all been there, right? We've all lost it when our child has a meltdown over something that just makes no sense to us. But when you understand that emotions overpower our logical brain, you can take a breath and you can understand it's not about the color of the cup. It's about something deeper. Now, this is a little bit different when we're talking about adults. Adults have much more control over their emotions, or they should. And so again, I know this is a, a, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch to ask us to have empathy for people who are having tantrums over the wrong color cup, whatever, how you, however you want to say that as an adult. That is harder. But the principle is the same. Having empathy is the answer. Everything that's going on online is about something deeper. Everything that's going on in your family is about something deeper. So let's first apply this to ourselves. We each have deep feelings about current topics. We do. And they're likely based on our own experiences, our beliefs, our understanding of science and freedom. And when someone doesn't see it our way, it can be really upsetting. Now, if we act out and curse someone out online, guess what? We're the toddler with the wrong color sippy cup. Now, of course, I know it's deeper than that because it's not a sippy cup. We're talking about rights and lives and and huge things here. But it's the same thing in our brain. When we're doing that, we're in an emotional meltdown. And what does your toddler need? Well, if you know anything about what we're talking about on Connected Parenting on at, here at Pause and Connect, the toddler needs co-regulation. And that's what we need when we're having that meltdown online. We need co-regulation. It's so helpful to have empathy for ourselves and recognize that we're just in a bad place. So we need to hug ourselves, soothe ourselves, let ourselves feel our feelings like we would do for our toddler, right? If we're trying to connect with them and, and, and use the principles of connected parenting, that's what we would do with them in that, in that, meltdown moment. We would hug them. We would soothe them. We would let them feel their feelings. So when we do that for ourselves, guess what? We can come back to the topic with more love and understanding. So in this sense, we are the toddler and the parent. We're angry and upset and we want to act from our emotional place of often justified rage. But if we can apply connected parenting principles and be the connected parent to ourselves, if we can soothe ourselves and let ourselves heal, then we can avoid adding to that division and adding to the hatred in our hearts. So that is, we'll avoid melting down over the sippy cup. The nice thing about this is that when we soothe ourselves and stop ourselves from acting when we're overcome by emotions, we still get to channel those emotions later. That's what's so great about this. What we can do is we can feel those emotions, we can soothe ourselves, we can get through them, and then we can go put those emotions into activism and change that's going to make an actual difference. Now, I'm not saying to not engage in discussions and movements that cause us discomfort. I'm not saying like, oh, this is a hard conversation, so let's just not do it. I'm saying that we all need to learn to have empathy for others and for ourselves before we can make a difference in those discussions and in those movements. It's it's really true. Now, after a recent devastating news story, I, I went through this process, okay? I, I had to give myself a metaphorical hug for a few days. I was angry and overwhelmed and terrified. And the emotional part of my brain really wanted to fight with someone. But I knew I didn't want that in the long run. 
in the moment, yeah, sure, it would have felt nice to send a zinger to somebody, but I really didn't want that. So instead, I, I cried. I let myself feel the emotions. I talked to people who I knew wouldn't rile me up. I spent time loving my kids. I cried some more. I moved through my days. Now, I'm not saying I did it right. I'm not saying that's the only way. But I am saying that this idea of regulation and hugs and connection that we talk about all the time on this podcast for our kids, that's exactly what helped me get through the terrifying first days of that news cycle. By treating myself kindly, I was able to find some actionable things to do, and I was able to support organizations that I trust who are moving the needle forward to make change in this area of this this awful story. Now, this awful news story. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is the exact way to do it. And this is where I'm hoping that you're listening and you're hearing the principle of empathy and you're figuring out how you can do that in your life in a way that honors you and honors people and doesn't add to division. The principle of connection, regulation, that's what helped me get out of despair and get into action. Does that make sense? I still felt the despair, and I think we're all going to feel despair as as things just are are really rough sometimes. But you can get to the place where you feel like you're actually contributing to something, where you're doing something that's making a change when you allow yourself to feel that despair, when you connect with yourself and you help yourself regulate. Now, the harder part, <laughs> this is such a hard part, how do we apply this to other people? to faceless people on the internet, to people in the opposite political party, people who sit in our same pews, shop at our same stores, bring their garbage cans to the curb right alongside us. But we know that they're making choices and supporting causes and saying words that we view as violent or offensive. How do we do that? (laughs) It's not easy. Oh, it's hard. It's so hard. With the sippy cup example, you know, what we would do in the connected parenting way is we would hug our toddler or get as close as they'd let us be. We'd use phrases like, oh, your things aren't going your way. I'm really sorry. You wish you had a different color, don't you? Hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you through this. We'd say that if we were using connected parenting. That would help our toddler. That would help them regulate. That would help them get through. It would help us because doing that, hugging and saying those phrases, that regulates ourselves too. It's co-regulation. We're both regulating. That's what we would do with our toddler. But that's not feasible in these bigger life issues, is it? And it's not safe sometimes. We can't, we can't go hug the person who's saying violent things. We can't do that. We, but we can apply the principle from afar. We can say in our mind to the hater on the internet, in our mind, that person sure wishes everybody believed the same way as them. I can actually relate to that. And that's true. I can relate to wishing that everybody believed the way that I believed. And so that person who's saying a nasty thing to you on the internet or in a forum that you're observing, that's what they're thinking. I want everybody to believe the way I believe. And maybe they're saying in a horrific way, And I've been the recipient of some horrible things on the internet. And so I know how awful it feels. But when we know, we know that's really what it is. They just wish everybody believed the same way as them. And that's something we all want. Or to our neighbor 
who votes for somebody who we find violent or who we find is is just horrible for the people who we care about in our lives, we could say in our minds, they must not know anyone who has experienced X, whatever the thing is. And if they did, they might feel differently. Or we could even say, I wonder what they have experienced would, that would lead them to believe this way. Now that opens up our hearts to empathy, but it doesn't have to stop there, right? Like I'm again, like I've said a couple times already, I'm not trying to say, let's just all get along. And so let's just say, oh, they don't understand and move on with our lives and everything's okay. Because things are not okay. We're divided for a reason because things were, people are not treating each other right. So we do have to take it a step further, right? We don't have to stop working to make things better, but this empathy for others is going to help us make the change that we want to make in the world. Now, this is hard to do, but empathy is really what helps us meet in the in the middle. There really isn't another way. And if we would want that person or that neighbor to hear our story and consider our approach and our life, then we need to hear their story and consider where they're they're coming from. Now, we don't always get to hear everyone's story, but we can ask ourselves those empathetic questions to help us have more compassion. We can say, I wonder what they have experienced that would lead them to believe this way. Now, I'm hearing myself saying this, and I'm actually getting a little uncomfortable as I'm saying it because I don't want anybody to think I'm saying, your homophobic neighbor, your racist neighbor, your violent neighbor, let's try to understand where they're coming from. I don't, I don't want to say that. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm going to talk about boundaries later on. Um, so so hang with me on that. But what, what I am saying is instead of letting our hearts fill with hatred and adding to the division, let's ex- try and experience empathy in whatever level we can. And sometimes that can be like, I feel sorry for them, period. I feel sorry for them. I'm going to disengage. I'm not going to talk to them. And I'm going to go over here and work on the thing that will help us improve. So there's, there's that. Okay. Um, and so please, please understand again, that I'm not trying to say like, just try and get along. Let's, let's just try and make everybody feel okay. And you know, like, oh, they just haven't experienced this so that it's okay that they say these racist things. Like, no, no, that's not okay. But we can at least start from that place of empathy. Oh, they haven't experienced this. They don't understand why this is such a big deal. And we can, we can start from there and we can really make headway when we start from there. So Again, with your toddler and the wrong color sippy cup, that question, I wonder what they're experiencing that's leading them to melt down, that always helps you find compassion and solutions, and it can do the same out in the world. Um, And again, I am not suggesting we do this with people who are being abusive towards us. There are limits, and this is not the way that we need to approach people who are being abusive. Absolutely not. Okay, the second connected of four connected parenting principles that can apply here is about understanding limitations. So sippy cup example, we're going to keep talking about that because it's just so good because don't we all feel like the people on the other side of our issues are throwing ridiculous tantrums (laughs) like the sippy cup tantrum? I know I do. It's hard to understand them, just like it's hard to get yourself to care about the wrong color sippy cup. But When you're trying to parent in an empathetic, connected way, you work to understand that sippy cup meltdown. You don't punish your child for having the meltdown. You consider their limitations. So in this situation, you might realize your toddler is 
15 minutes past their nap time. Or maybe they haven't had a chance to get outside today and they're feeling antsy. Maybe their older sibling kept taking their toys all day long. Maybe you just had a baby and their world has been upended. Maybe they don't like their preschool. Like whatever it is, there's a reason your child's melting down. And that's a limitation in their current life in that current moment. They don't have the skills in that moment to get over the wrong color sippy cup. They are limited. Now they're not limited forever, but they are limited in that moment. Now that's what we understand in connected parenting, because if your child could do better, they would do better. If they aren't doing well, something's getting in the way. And see how that helps you handle the toddler sippy cup episode? You can get to the root of their problems much faster. So when we take this out into the world and let's use an internet, you know, someone says completely something completely awful to you on the internet or your neighbor votes for somebody you find atrocious, ask yourself about their limitations. Now, this might be the best they can do in this moment because of past trauma or heightened emotions or something like that. Let me explain with an example. I often see parents, and I've exp- I've been on the, the receiving end of this too, people go into the comments whenever a parenting person is trying to talk about um, parenting their child in a gentle way. And let's say spanking. They're saying you shouldn't spank your child. Every single time somebody says that, people come into their comments with full angry force. And they are telling the parenting creator that they're stupid, they're ruining their children, their children are going to walk all over them and end up in jail. That's always the thing they say. They, they just do that. They just attack the people who are saying, hey, don't spank your children. They attack them. And it's happened to me too. So what that is, is heightened emotion. They Heightened emotion is speaking right there. It might also be unresolved trauma speaking. Because when you think about it, why wouldn't someone want to hear about a way to parent that doesn't involve physically harming a child, right? If they're closing their mind to even the idea of not spanking, then they have some sort of limitation. So what do we do with this? Well, in connected parenting, if it was our child, we would try and connect and help them regulate their emotions. Now, you can't do that with a stranger on the internet. (laughs) You can't do that with your uncle who refuses to let you speak about a political issue. So this is where things are difficult. Because when it's your child, you can connect with them. You have a relationship. That's what you're you're trying to do. But with somebody who's screaming at you about how stupid you are because of something that you believe, that you can't connect with them. So is it better to disengage? Better to try and find common ground? I've done both. And sometimes some have worked. And sometimes both of those things have blown up in my face. So I actually don't have the answer for this. But I can tell you that my peace is protected when I recognize that someone is speaking from a place of limitation. When I understand that, that helps me make decisions about my next steps. And it helps me feel peaceful enough to put my efforts into work that will actually make a difference. So for example, I can record a podcast about peaceful ways to interact with your child instead of spanking. That puts me more good into the world than arguing with a stranger on the internet who is speaking from their place of limitations. Now, it still hurts. It still totally hurts when people come at you like that. And it doesn't mean that I shouldn't engage. I'm just saying this is one way to do it. One way to recognize that they have limitations and then to move on with my life and put good out into the world. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't need, that situation doesn't even 
encompass all the nuance, right? There's, there's so much more. Maybe you should spend the extra energy and time talking to your uncle who won't hear you out, but maybe not. I don't know. But if we want to be change makers and we have to honor our energy and if we want to try and heal d- division, then we have to understand that people have limitations and they can't understand us. They can't always understand us. And help doing that helps us to protect our own energy and then use our energy in ways that are actually going to make the change that we want to make. Now, here's the thing. This also involves us understanding our own limitations because we make mistakes all the time too. In parenting, we may want to be connected and ready to snuggle our babies all the time, but sometimes their actions trigger us in ways we didn't anticipate. So sometimes we yell, threaten, intimidate, and try to control our children. That happens because we have limitations. The way that we can handle that as parents is to notice and respect our limitations. That then helps us to take timeouts, helps us to apologize, to come back and repair with connection, to get therapy, to get treatment for for challenges we're having, to do the basics like sleep, eat healthy foods, and get sunshine. All of that is a lot. And we won't always be on top of our game. And it's sometimes hard to find the right combination of all of that to figure out how to be able to handle all of this. And that's okay. The more we notice and recognize that there are limitations in ourselves and in others, the quicker we can repair. If we expect ourselves to not have limitations, then we're frequently going to be upset with ourselves. So instead, let's acknowledge that we have limitations as parents and as humans. And then we can step back if we've crossed a line, apologize if we've gone too far, and repair if we need to. Because we're all adding to division out there as well, for the most part. We are. And this is, this is something we can do, recognize our own limitations in this and make repairs as necessary. And recognizing the limitations in other people helps us to have compassion or helps us to make the decision to disengage or to use our boundaries, which I'm going to talk about in a minute still. Okay. The third connected parenting principle out of four is that we can um, look for reasons underneath people's behavior. So again, let's talk about the wrong colored sippy cup. What emotion is actually underneath that behavior? Are they afraid of losing your love? Afraid they won't get what they deserve? Sad, exhausted, hurt? There's something else there. So let's let's bring in an older child problem now. Sippy cup is still a good one, but let's talk about older children. Let's say your eight-year-old punches your 12-year-old. Now, it's not that they're a bad kid. There's an emotion underneath that behavior that is just too much for them. And let's let's say like maybe your 12-year-old gets to go to the amusement park with a friend and your eight-year-old doesn't. Jealousy is a powerful reason for harmful behavior. Maybe your eight-year-old keeps messing up and getting in trouble while the 12-year-old seems to have things under control. That could lead to feeling like they aren't good enough, like they aren't as loved by you. There are so many issues, right? Now, of course, their behavior is inappropriate, but understanding the reason for it can help you address that reason instead of trying to control their behavior or firing back with your own element of division. That's connected parenting and it works. Connecting and figuring out how to address the lacking skill that your child is showing you. So you can connect and figure out that they're feeling like their sibling gets all the attention lately. Then you can assure them that you love them and come up with a plan that will help them get the attention they need. And then in the process, as your child is connected with and they feel your unconditional love, your child's going to have a desire to make things right with their sibling. 
You can guide them through that by helping them figure out how to repair what they've done. So this is the ideal and it takes time to learn, but it's possible. I go through this every day with my kids. It took, it took me a long time to learn, but this is what we do. This is connected parenting and, and this is how we resolve situations with our kids every single day. And it works. It helps them understand. It helps me understand. It helps us resolve things. But how does this apply to the person out in the world who you don't like? <laughs> how does it apply to those people who, who it's just so hard to get along with and to the division that's out there? Well, we can think about why someone might be behaving the way they are, why they might believe what they believe, why might they vote the way they vote. And often I'm going to say like 99% of the time, it's probably because of fear. They fear what will happen if things go a different way. So those parents who are strongly advocating for spanking their kids, the reason probably why is because they're afraid their child is going to grow up and have a horrible life. So they act in fear now. They try to control their child and teach their child the lessons they think they, they need to have. And they do that through spanking because that's, that's the skill that they have. They don't understand that spanking is ineffective, or if they do, they don't know what else they could possibly do because they know they need to make sure their child lives a good life in which they don't get in trouble with the law. So fear is guiding their behavior. And again, I would argue that almost all of the, div the division that we're experiencing right now is fear-based. The person who's saying horrific things online is saying them because they fear what will happen if things go a different way. Politicians know this and they capitalize on people's fear. That's how we get some absolutely horrific politicians in office. They may not be everything somebody wants, but they do speak to whatever fear that person has. So they vote for them. So when you can recognize that someone is speaking from fear, it really is empowering because you don't have to take the bait. You again can focus your energies on building things up in another way. Do you, do you hear how that, how that could possibly work? Like when you, when you recognize that somebody is being a jerk because they're afraid of something, it almost like it could even like fill you with pity for them instead of hatred for them. And, and like, it can help you to make the right decision. Like, should I continue this conversation? Should I come at it a different way? Should I let it go? Should I go and put my energies into this, this civil rights movement over here instead? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's just really helpful to try and understand what's underneath people's behavior so that you can understand where they're coming from and you can address those challenges. If you're trying to convince a group of people to vote a different way, like maybe maybe you're an activist and you're trying to do that, then you have to understand their fears so that you can address them and help them feel less afraid and see a different solution. So that's really empowering. And here's here's the hard part. We have to look in the mirror what are you afraid of and how is it impacting your behavior online and with other people? How does it impact how you think about people? Is there a political party that you just automatically don't like? Someone who voted for someone and you find out and you automatically don't like them anymore? There's probably fear underneath that. And when we can address that, then we can, we can, we can help healing happen within our communities, within ourselves, within our families. We can really, really make things move forward. I really believe that. And again, this is when you're in a safe place. This is when 
you you don't have to worry about somebody retaliating against you or harming you in some way. And so this isn't always possible. And I do want to be very um, aware of that and make sure that I'm, I'm saying that here because it's not always safe for you to try and put yourself in another person's shoes if that person is causing harm. Um, so please, please try and understand that like there's nuance and I'm trying to address it and I might be missing it sometimes. Um, but I hope that that is underneath everything that I'm saying. Okay. Finally, the fourth connected parenting tip that we can apply to this situation where we just don't like people sometimes is boundaries. I've been mentioning that. So when your toddler is throwing a fit over the wrong color sippy cup, you respond with empathy. You try and understand their limitations and you try and understand what's underneath their behaviors. Those first three things we talked about. And a lot of the time, that's all they need. It really is. If you don't believe me, try it out. Like just give them some empathy, try and understand what's going on. Don't try and change them. And that's going to help them move through their sippy cup meltdown. Um, Your empathy and your connection calm them and soothe their behavior. But sometimes that's not enough. (laughs) Sometimes your child's going to start swinging at you or they go and they hit their sibling or they hit the cat. So when that happens, you definitely need to set a boundary that keeps everyone safe. So if they're hitting you, you might do this by, you know, backing up a little bit, but still connecting by saying, Hey, I, I can't let you hit me. I'm here for you. And I love you. And I can't wait to hold you when you're ready to not hit me. Right. That's a boundary that you can set. Or you could pick up the cat and say, I can't let you hurt the cat. Let me put him in another room and then I'm going to hold you and love you. So those are ways that you can handle boundaries with your child when, when you need to protect people. But how does this translate to your interactions with people who are hard to like? <laughs> boundaries are about yourself and what you're going to tolerate. They're not about trying to control the other person. So if someone attacks you online, you can think about how to protect yourself and then follow through. That's the boundary, okay? So maybe that's ignoring them. Maybe that's saying something like, I would really like to have a conversation with you, but I won't do it while you call me names. Maybe it's choosing not to enter a conversation in the first place. There are so many ways to handle this, but remember that boundaries are meant to protect you. What are you capable of and what are you willing to handle? And then how are you going to recover after that? So I have personally been attacked by someone who it was just so baseless. Um, and it was very painful when it happened, but I, when I laid out my boundary and they continued to attack, I disengaged permanently. Like that's it. You know, they can enter my life again if they want to, but they're going to have to treat me kindly. And that's, that's the boundary. It's painful. Um, and so what do you, how do you recover? For me, I processed my emotions by talking to my husband, to my sister-in-law, to a therapist, to a group of friends. Um, I also just let myself sit on the couch with ice cream and watch a show, you know, like, like some, some things you just, you just kind of have to take care of yourself over time. I processed through everything and I moved forward. Now, this is what happened for me in that one situation. I know it will be different for you. It'll be different from situation to situation, but it's important to feel your feelings and process through them in a healthy way. So sitting on the couch and eating ice cream is not a healthy way to do every day, but I did it for a couple days. Um, but so over time, then you can move forward with the energy you need to make the difference that you want to make. And that's, that's has worked for me. And I, it could be different for everybody, but, um, 
But like knowing my boundary has been so important because sometimes I don't know my boundary and sometimes I, I just think, well, I, maybe I can convince them. If I just keep going with this, maybe I can convince them. And, and I don't respect my own boundary and I because I haven't even said it yet. I haven't even made that boundary yet. And so that's where it gets hurtful and, the, and then a lot of, uh, I contribute to the division. Um, like I'm not going to blame myself for their part in the division. And I'm not saying that me not setting boundaries is making them be more divisive. But at that point, then I'm starting to contribute to the division because then I'm getting frustrated. And so, um, so that's why it's really important to, to have those boundaries and to understand your boundaries and to be willing to, to set those boundaries. Um, because, because it takes so much energy to, to be divisive, to, to get in those arguments and that energy is something that can be used, like I've been saying through this whole episode, to actually really improve the things that are that you're that you're upset about, that you that your wish were improved, you know. Um, so, so that's that's what has been my experience. And if you've experienced something totally different, I I really would welcome your feedback on this. And so please reach out to me. Um, but anyway. Um, each time something like this happens, I learn something about myself and I learn more about standing up for myself. So I don't feel like any of this is wasted, even though it can be really painful to go through these types of scenarios and these situations where people are just blatantly mean to you. Uh, that is so hard to do. Um, but I do learn so much more and my boundaries get tighter and stronger and I have less of a problem holding to them the more that this goes. So I feel like none of it is wasted, even though it's it's super painful. Um, but I get better each time. Uh, and again, I'm not talking about abuse and danger. Absolutely not. You need to take completely different actions if if your if your safety is in danger. Um, you like this is about setting boundaries to protect your heart. This is about setting boundaries so that you can have the energy to put the good into the world that you want to put into the world. So ask yourself what you're willing to put up with and then hold to that boundary if the line is crossed. Now, this really often means disengaging and that can be so hard, but how are you going to feel if you continue to fight, right? You're, you're using energy, but you're using it to fight and you're not feeling any better. Boundaries also invite the other person to change and soften soften. <laughs> if they if they want you in their lives, then they'll do the work to learn how to treat you kindly. And that can be really beautiful for some relationships. You can really heal as you set boundaries, but other times you do have to walk away. Either way, you're reducing division as you respect yourself because you're not contributing to the fight. And again, like I've been saying, I'm not saying just don't fight and let things go. Like you can, like the point in not fighting is so that you can take that energy and go and put it towards the things that are going to improve life and the way you want life to be improved. I hope that makes sense. Like, like take whatever issue is currently circulating the news feeds right now and whatever side you're on, if you choose not to 
add to division, then you have time and energy and, and your heart is ready to go to the organizations that are working to support your cause. And you can, you can make big differences or you can have conversations with the people who will listen to you. Cause there's lots of people who will listen to you and there's lots who just aren't going to, they're just not. And so if you're looking for that and understanding your boundaries, then you have the ability to find the people who will listen to you, to speak to them and to, to help make the changes that you're hoping to make. So I hope this has been helpful. I, I do feel a lot of despair these days and I, I see relationships falling apart in my life and in other people's lives because there's just absolute hatred and complete disrespect for humans thrown around right now. It It's a very hard time to navigate. Um, it's it's really not in our imagination. I, I don't think so anyway. I think things really are more divisive now than they ever have been. But I don't think they have to stay that way. And I, I think each of us can can have a plan to handle these challenges in a way that honors our needs and our peace so that we can put good out into the world. Um, I really do believe that we don't, we don't have to, um, we don't, we don't have to live in despair, even though sometimes we will feel that despair. Um, and I, I can tell you that from my own life, like, oh yeah, I feel despair a lot. I feel a lot of hurt. I feel so, so afraid and so worried, but, um, but when I do these things, when I work on empathy and understanding people's limitations and their emotions and I, and I set strong boundaries, I'm really capable of doing so much good. I've seen that. I can, I can really make changes in the places where I have influence when I'm, when I'm doing those things. So I hope that, I hope that that makes sense. And I hope that it's been helpful to you to sum up Uh, the four connected parenting principles that can help when you're struggling with the division or struggling to deal with people you don't like. We all have those people. Those four principles are one, work on having empathy. Two, understand people's limitations and your own limitations. Three, look for the emotion underneath the behavior. And remember, it's often fear, which that can really help you understand somebody a lot. And four, learn to set boundaries boundaries protect yourself. They don't control another person. They are about what you are going to do to protect yourself when someone ignores or crosses the line you have set. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that this has been helpful. I would love your feedback if this has been helpful to you about how to put good out into the world and reduce division. Um, And again, please protect yourself and your heart. If you're not in a safe place to do these things that I've suggested, please, of course, honor yourself. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.